0: Migrants and what's happening at the border along the u s mexico border there remains a migrant crisis as many continued to be detained and seek asylum the number of migrant children in border patrol facilities has been steadily rising according to a new report from Reuters on August fourth there were more than two thousand two hundred unaccompanied children in U.S. Customs and Border Protection custody, more than double the number just a month earlier, according to daily statistics provided by the government since March and compiled by Reuters. The average time unaccompanied children are spending in U.S. custody is around 60 hours, which is just a tad under the 72-hour limit set by a long-standing court settlement. Many of the migrants being detained and seeking asylum come from Central America. They hail from Haiti, as well as a number of African countries. On Wednesday, September 15th, U.S. Customs and Border Protection released new data reporting that U.S. authorities stationed along the southern border stopped migrants nearly 200,000 times, this just in August alone. Um, And this is what they describe as unlawful entries, slow down slightly after reaching a 21 year high during the previous month. The new data demonstrates that migration to the US-Mexico border remained at a high level toward the end of the summer. Historically, during the end of summers, migrant crossings at the border remains low because of the heat, Uh, however, this, many say, shows how desperate the situation is, the desperation of people who are fleeing, many fleeing for their lives, fleeing because of the environmental uh, crisis there, fleeing um, because of hunger and poverty, and a lot of which has to do with U.S. foreign policy and economic policy, by the way, in those countries. The new data also revealed that 75 percent of migrants who attempted to cross the border and were stopped, were swiftly expelled to Mexico. Many have criticized President Biden for maintaining a Trump-era public health edict that keeps migrants in Mexico. Furthermore, more than 18,000 unaccompanied minors, most of them from Central America, entered U.S. custody just last month. Let us go to a clip now about um, from NBC about what the Supreme Court did, uh, because President Biden uh, did try to undo that remain in Mexico uh, policy while people are are, uh, seeking asylum. Let's go to that clip now. The United States Supreme Court ordered the Biden administration to resume a controversial immigration program, forcing asylum applicants to wait outside the country. NBC News justice correspondent Pete Williams has details.
1: It's one of the first things President Biden did after taking office, ending a Trump administration program known as Remain in Mexico. It required people seeking asylum to wait outside the country while their claims were considered. Tens of thousands lingered in makeshift tent cities. Human rights groups said many were attacked by criminals and drug gangs. People were kidnapped. People were raped. All kinds of terrible things happened to these people while they were trying to get protection under the laws of the United States. But lower courts ordered the Biden administration to reinstate Remain in Mexico. And late Tuesday night, the Supreme Court refused to intervene. The court's three liberals said they would have blocked the program.
0: All righty. So, of course, that decision happening um, back in August. I think that was around August 25th, uh, 26th. Uh, but it's definitely uh, causing a crisis. Uh, The Biden administration now has nearly 17,000 migrants assigned to special courts dedicated to processing families seeking asylum quicker. And according to new data from Syracuse University's Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, nearly 12,000 migrants were added to the asylum request docket in August. Also, two-thirds of the more than... 16,700 cases have been assigned to only six judges, signaling huge backlogs in deciding the fate of families under attack. In one recent extreme case, a Boston immigration judge was assigned 129 cases in just one day. This, according to Axios. Now, I'd like to welcome our guest, Alba Jaramillo, Executive Director of Arizona Justice for Our Neighbors, based in Tucson, Arizona, an organization that provides legal services to asylum seekers at the Nogales port of entry. Alba, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here.
0: Okay, so. Um, we're not hearing a lot in, main, in the mainstream media about what is happening at the border. Um, I, I mentioned earlier about the humanitarian crisis. Um, tell us what you are witnessing, what you are seeing happening at the border, Alba. Okay, okay. well, our organization
1: provides legal services to asylum seekers that come um, to the border to access the asylum process, and so... We bear witness to, to the violence that they have lived. We bear witness to, to the lack of due process and, and the trauma that these migrants have gone through. You know, it's been, I don't even know where to begin uh, because there's just so much to, to discuss when it's come to this issue. And there is a humanitarian crisis. But the crisis is also perpetrated by the U.S. government. In the policies that we have, the closure of the border with Title 42, now with the recent um, reinstatement of MPP, we are further creating these humanitarian uh, crises and endangering the lives of the asylum seekers at the port of entry. So what's happening right now is that the border is closed, and, and that is because of Title 42. This is... Um, a very old uh, public health regulation that says that people cannot enter the country if there's a communicable disease. And that has been in the books for about 75 years. And, and Trump was the first person that actually invoked that public health regulation under the CDC in an effort to to prevent migrants from entering the country. So because of Title 42, no one can get through the country. The border is closed. Um, and all of these asylum seekers are stuck on the Mexican uh, side of the border waiting to access the asylum system. But while they're there, they're subject to extreme dangers. Um, I can tell you countless stories of asylum seekers who have been um, sexually assaulted. We know that one out of three women that are in their journey to the United States will be sexually assaulted in Mexico in the journey. I can tell you stories about women whose children have been um that they've been attempted to kidnap their entire family units that have been kidnapped so they are very vulnerable and they are um, targeted by organized crime the other thing is what happens at the shelters the shelters are full um, there are many asylum seekers end up on the street um, they you know they can't afford to rent hotels um, even some shelters were, will actually um, you know make them pay rent you know three dollars a day per person to stay the night there when the average wage in in the border city is less than $10 a day. And, and you're talking about a family of three. So how can, how can they survive? And then there's the whole issue of the pandemic and and how that is affecting um, the asylum seeker dealing, you know, in overcrowded um, housing situations and shelters um, not having access to medical care, especially if they're not of Mexican descent, um, and um and not being able of course, to find employment, employment because of the pandemic. pandemic, so there is just so much just happening. happening it is an, absolute, it is an abuse absolute abuse of human rights for the biden administration not not to um you know uh lift um title forty two not to allow the migrants to to enter the border and it is an absolute crime in my point of view, it is an absolute violation of human rights for the Supreme Court to, you know, to now, you know, allow this policy of the Remain in Mexico program that now asylum seekers um, have to remain in Mexico during the entirety of their case. Um, you know, and the way that that has played out in, in the past in, in our border region in Nogales is that um, any asylum seeker that was subject to MPP can't even wait in Nogales, which is a little bit safer than other Courts of entries in the in the southern border, they were forced to take um, to go all the way to Ciudad Juarez, which is one of the most dangerous cities in the world, and await their entire um, judicial proceedings from from um, Juarez, and, and and then go across, you know, to these ten courts in El Paso for their hearings, which you know also means that they're subject to being placed in what we call the ice boxes, the yeleras, where they'll be there for two days under freezing conditions which in itself is a form of torture, um, and and then they go to their tent, the tent court hearings, and then immediately sent back to Ciudad Juarez, where they live in tent conditions and, and targeted by by organized crime. And then you mentioned, you know, the issue of the company, unaccompanied minors, and, and that is another issue. Right now, unaccompanied minors is probably the only migrant population that can get through the border um through, um, as an exception, to Title 42. But you have to think about, you know, what these families, the sacrifices that they're having to make. The families cannot come in through the border, and so they're faced with the situation of their children being in danger, many of these children um, being persecuted themselves. I have met countless of, uh, of children that they themselves have been subject to sexual assault or forced into gangs, and that's why they had to flee plea, uh, plea their their home countries. And so these families, these mothers, have to make this very difficult situ- uh, decision of sending their, their children by themselves across the border. And, and while they you know, they may spend some time in, in Border Patrol custody, what happens next is, is really sad. Then they get placed in these detention facilities that the government doesn't even call them detention facilities, they call them um, shelters. They're not shelters. These kids are in a lockdown facility Um, and, and they're not allowed to leave. They're not allowed to have visitors. I mean, they're in jail and most of them are there in these facilities for a minimum of a month. If they have a sponsor that can prove they can financially support them and then it's a safe place for them to go. If they don't, they're in these detention facilities up until they're 18 years old. So, so it is, you know, many, many issues. Child abuse,
0: it. as far as I'm concerned there, um, Alba. And, um, I mean, you've, you've painted a, a very good uh, picture for our listeners to know what is happening there. But, Alba, for people who are just shocked and appalled and hurt by what you have just uh, described, uh, what can they do? Is there a way of, of getting in touch with or supporting the efforts of Arizona Justice uh, for Our Neighbors? tell us that before we have to wrap up well I I do think you
1: know this issue doesn't just impact our border region asylum seekers come through Arizona we're a pass-through state and asylum seekers go through every single state um, in the United States so All of us, you know, if we're moved by this issue, we need to call our elected officials. And we need to demand that the administration um, end Title 42. And we need to demand that the administration continue to fight against MPP. And so that affects all of us. And, and of course, um, you know, I I do, um, you know, always stay in touch with our organization. Um, You can find us on www.acjfon.org acjfon.org. Okay.
0: And, and, begins and we'll we'll put that information on our social media of Sojourner Truth as well. So uh, Alba Jaramillo, Executive Director of Arizona Justice for Our Neighbors in Tucson, Arizona, thank you for your work and thank you for joining us. And And please continue to keep us posted. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.